Hello, this is Michael Volkov, and this is episode 160 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a deep dive into the herbal life FCPA settlement. Welcome to everyone. Hope you're doing okay. Still a tough time around here with the, our pandemic, uh, political strife, social justice issues. Uh, hope everybody is uh, hanging in there, um, getting to the end of the summer here beginning of the fall and uh, work is going okay and family is staying safe and healthy and friends as well. So before we get started, uh, I'd like to start with a message from uh, Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's Ethics and Compliance Automated Platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's Compliance Solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Well, despite the uh, pandemic here, uh, DOJ and the SEC uh, have been definitely busier. Uh, We've also seen an uptick in uh, OFAC as well uh, in terms of enforcement activities and uh, the FCPA announced its uh, settlement of a long-pending investigation of Herbal Life Nutrition Limited, and we'll call them Herbal Life. And both the DOJ and the SEC reached a settlement, and the total was $123 million. Uh, Herbal Life entered into a three-year deferred prosecution agreement, DPA, with DOJ and an administrative order with the SEC. They agreed to pay $55 million in criminal penalties and $67 million in disgorgement and prejudgment interest to the SEC. In light of the criminal penalties, the SEC declined to impose any civil penalties. As part of the DPA, the government filed a one-count information, uh, which will be pending, obviously, for the three-year period, charging Herbal Life with conspiracy to violate the books and records provisions of the FCPA. Now, going back, if you've been reading and following my blog, in November 2019, DOJ uh, returned to indi- an indictment against two individuals from Herbalife. 
uh, which preceded this corporate settlement, uh, Yangling Li, uh, also known as Jerry Li, and Hongwei Yang, also known as Mary Yang, two former herbal life executives in China who participated in a 10-year bribery scheme. Li was the former head of Herbalife's Chinese operation and worked his way up uh, the, uh, the operation to become the head of the China op, uh, office or uh, operations. Um, and Yang headed Herbalife's external affairs department, uh, interacting with uh, the government and responsible for that. Uh, both defendants in that case were charged with conspiracy to violate the FCPA uh, Yangling Lee was also charged with perjury for lying under oath for false statements made during an SEC deposition and destruction of evidence. It's interesting, they both, uh, that Lee participated in a deposition, uh, but in, in, in any event, once they got indicted, the defendants uh, remain at large, not apprehended, and it, as of now, uh, you know, the likelihood of China ever extraditing them is uh, uh, zilch. So, um, but if they leave the country, then obviously they could be uh, subject to uh, apprehension. So let's talk about the bribery scheme. It was a 10-year period. Herbal Life built a multi-level sales operation in China, uh, which accounted for approximately 20% of its global annual sales of $4 billion. Uh, Herbal Life's external affairs unit in China was responsible for interacting with the Chinese government agencies and media operations, including business uh, publications. External affairs and employees uh, regularly entertain Chinese officials, and this is something we see quite common uh, among global companies that are operating in China. There's a lot of entertainment that goes on, uh, so and entertaining uh, government officials. And this would be providing meals, hospitality, and gifts. Over a 10-year period, external affairs employees were reimbursed for roughly $25 million in expenses for meals, hospitality, and gifts. And we'll get into this because it's obviously not just all for legitimate meals, hospitalities, and gifts. Herbal Life's uh, business in China depended on securing licenses for direct selling operations from central and provincial governments uh, connected to the Ministry of Commerce. The regulation and oversight of direct selling operations was conducted by central and provincial entities as part of the Administration for Industry and Commerce. Uh, China Economic Net is a state-owned media company that published articles about business issues in China, and obviously we're going to see some bribery payments there as well. The bribery scheme was executed by Herbalife executives beyond just the two who have been indicted that we've mentioned uh, to ensure that Herbalife secured direct selling licenses, avoided government investigations and oversight. This was another big part of the bribery payments that were made, and they suppressed negative coverage by government-owned media outlets. As an example, DOJ cited the fact that in late 2006 through early 2007, while Herbal Life's initial application for direct selling license was pending, Herbal Life made various payments and benefits to and gave benefits to Chinese government officials responsible for review and approval of its license application. An Herbal Life executive suggested to a China executive that they falsify expense reimbursement documents uh, in connection with the entertainment of Chinese government officials. Just so that's clear, an Herbal Life executive in the United States. Uh, while speaking to a China executive, and they have a transcript of the conversation, um, 
basically advised the China executive to falsify expense reimbursement documents. Continuing thereafter, Herbal Life uh, provided uh, legal payments and benefits to Chinese government officials. They continued to make false records regarding these expenses as travel and entertainment expenses, and they executed false Sarbanes-Oxley certification letters. In reaching the settlement, DOJ applied its corporate enforcement policy factors, and let's quickly go through those. Herbalife did not voluntarily disclose the matter. The conduct was found to be persistent and lasted for approximately a decade, and it was carried out by senior-level executives. Uh, and Herbalife did not maintain, uh, at the time, throughout this 10-year period, an effective compliance program. Now, Herbal Life on the positive side was credited with cooperation and for its remediation efforts. They terminated and disciplined individuals. They obviously cooperated in the criminal prosecution of the two individuals. Uh, they enhanced the compli its compliance program, increased uh, the, the resources dedicated to compliance. And based on all of these factors, uh, DOJ awarded a 25% uh, reduction from the bottom of the applicable U.S. sentencing guidelines range. So they didn't get a declination, obviously, because they didn't voluntarily disclose the matter. Uh, and for that reason, uh, they got only a 25% reduction uh, for in, from DOJ's uh, sentencing guideline range. So let's go into the uh, bribery scheme a little bit more in detail. Uh, because in China, there are 28 provinces and um, and uh, the bribery scheme involved uh, bribes necessary to get the approvals and to avoid government uh, investigations in these 28 provinces, as well as by the national uh, government as well. And it even involved, like I mentioned to you, an Herbalife senior executive in LA headquarters. Uh, DOJ indicted the two individuals that I mentioned, the two Chinese nationals who, who helped to carry out and played a big role in these schemes. The statement of facts provides important details. Uh, the statement of facts is included with the uh, DOJ filing of the deferred prosecution agreement. Um, Herbal Life's business depended on these direct selling licenses uh, at the national and local level, including the 28 provinces. And during the period of March 2007 through March 2016, they maintained uh, licenses in all of these provinces and nationally. Now, they had to deal with two Chinese government agencies, one that was responsible for uh, the licensing, and we'll call that government agency one, uh, and various provincial and central levels of a Chinese government agency that uh, we'll call government agency two collectively. And uh, the agency two was responsible for enforcing compliance with Chinese laws applicable to direct selling companies. And then we had our state-owned media outlet, a company that published articles about business and other issues in China. As I mentioned, Jerry Lee eventually became the senior executive at China. Mary Yang was the high-level executive and the head of Herbalife's uh, external affairs department. And Lee and Yang, along with some uh, at least uh, two other executives, carried out the bribery scheme. Starting in 2006, Herbalife China applied for its first uh, direct selling license for two cities in one province. In conducting the review of the license and the associated investigation, Chinese government agencies one and two, the licensing and the investigation agency, worked together to determine whether to grant Herbalife's application. 
During a four-month period ending in March 2007, Herbalife paid bribes and gave benefits to officials of both of these agencies. For example, in 2006, Herbalife was going to be fined and subject to fine for operating a store in a provincial ca uh, capital in violation of the regulations. Two sales managers in connection with Mary Yang negotiated the government with the government officials to pay bribes to lower the potential fine. Later in the same year, Lee approved Yang's payments of red envelopes, cash payments to Chinese government agency two officials, and seeking reimbursement from uh, Herbal Life for these cash payments through false reimbursement requests. In January 2007, Lee and Yang discussed that Yang had, quote, taken care of, close quote, Chinese government agency one official before Yang had to address questions relating to Herbalife China's pending license for the province. Lee stated, quote, the money works well on him, close quote, with an exclamation, of course. In March of 2007, Li and Yang orchestrated payments to various uh, government officials at Agency 2 uh, to minimize future payments. During that same month of March, Yang told an employee to distribute gift cards approximately $10,000 worth to Chinese government officials in Herbalife's pending uh, direct selling license application in the province and a non-government official uh, they gave approximately 30000 to. Li and a China executive discussed the same-day payments already made to secure the direct selling license. The next day, the China executive spoke to an Herbal Life executive in Los Angeles. The China executive described how Herbal Life had obtained a license for two cities and a plan to obtain licenses in other provinces. The China executive raised concerns about compliance with an Herbal Life policy change that restricted entertainment expenses to no more than six times in one year for any government official. In response, the Herbal Life executive suggested that the Chinese official falsify the details of their requests and associated expense reimbursements, explaining that the auditor, their Herbal Life's auditor, will never verify the details in the receipts. Let's look at some additional payments. After obtaining the first direct selling license, Lee and others made uh, improper payments and gifts to Chinese government officials and again falsely recorded the expenses. In May, Yang and China executives arranged for payment, uh, this is May of 2007, of approximately $3,000 to a Chinese government official to reduce a government fine of approximately $16,000. In January 2012, externals and uh, affairs employees arranged for the submission of $87,000 of fake meal and gift invoices. And they would use these as a way to get cash to then give to the uh, particular official. In September 2012, Yang reported to Lee that she had spent 20,000 uh, yuan uh, on a shopping trip and a spa visit for a government agency uh, official too, along with his daughter and her classmates. Later that same year, Yang and Lee discussed providing a false confirmation of an internship for a son of a government official and opening a bank account in a Chinese bank to, to benefit the son of a, go a Chinese government official. In April 2013, Yang told Lee that she had met with an official at a state-owned media outlet and provided food and drink to convince the official to withdraw several unflattering articles. Yang and the other external agency employees routinely falsified expense reports. 
For example, during a six-month period in 2012, and listen to this, Yang received $772,433 in reimbursement for allegedly entertaining 4,312 government officials at 239 meals, more than one meal per day, and $248,622 in reimbursement for purported gifts to Chinese officials. Incredible when you think about it. The range of improper expenses covered numerous types of uh, lavish gifts, uh, but also meals, alcohol, karaoke. And on one occasion, an Herbal Life official complained about the demands by uh, Chinese government officials for expensive entertainment and gifts, noting that the government official candidly stated that the government officials could never leave an event empty-handed. Often, executives and employees colluded to come up with fake names and expense reports. So obviously, these were used, uh, the expense reports uh, were being used to fund uh, the bribery scheme, not just for reimbursement, but really just to get cash out of the system. The SEC document, and this is really an important issue here, is how internal audit uh, really failed uh, in this situation. The SEC settlement document outlines the failure of Herbalife's internal audit to uncover the extensive fraudulent expense reporting and reimbursement documentation. Internal audit in China reported directly to internal audit at corporate headquarters in Los Angeles, California. China conducted an audit, internal audit China conducted an audit of China's external affairs office twice annually and reported its results to the internal audit department in the U.S. The, uh, the audit reports showed large expenses and identified violations of Herbalife's internal policies relating to the FCPA, including fake receipts and verbal approval of expenses when prior written approval had been required. The SEC cited as examples internal audit reports for 2012 and 2015, which revealed large amounts claimed for meals, gifts, and entertainment, $3.7 million in 2012 for six months for 239 meals for 4,312 participants. I mean, on its face, it's just ridiculous, averaging $3,232 per meal. In 2015, the report, 115 restaurant meals with government officials at an average cost of 1472 per meal. I don't know what they were drinking or eating, but these on its face are ridiculous. And in the 2015 report, China noted that external affairs often replaced problematic receipts and had expended $811,465 without the corporate approvals required. Now, in a fitting ridiculous moment, two board members raised concerns about these internal audit reports and asked if the amount of these expenditures were reasonable, in quotes, under the FCPA. The the internal audit director noted that these findings were, quote, typical and are within, quote, unquote, tolerance. Just ridiculous. Between, Between 2012 and 2016, Herbal Life reimbursed external affairs employees for over 7.2 million in questionable meals and gifts for government officials in China. 
Well, the, the settlement is another one for the books. Uh, this is clearly a wreckage of compliance failures, internal audit failures, corporate oversight failures, uh, two criminal indictments for Chinese officials who may not be apprehended, and $123 million in penalties. But notice the remediation did not result in uh, the appointment of an independent monitor, uh, but even going through this wreckage, there are serious issues of corporate failures at senior levels of the company with pervasive and systematic misconduct in China. What is surprising to me is the obvious red flags of expense reports and reimbursement documentation. It's not l worth listing the numerous indicators of bribery, but it's clear there was more than just a head in the sand problem here. There was basically complicity by senior management and oversight functions in the ongoing uh, bribery activities. So let's take a look at some of the important lessons learned. First, we had the board and internal audit failure. Despite questions that I just went through from two board members and reviewing the internal audit reports showing large and obviously fraudulent expenditures and documentation, internal audit failed to step up, acknowledge any issue, and denied any possible wrongdoing. Evidently, the two board members were satisfied by that ridiculous and unbelievable answer. Both the board and the internal auditor failed to ask for additional investigation and follow-up. The amount of money spent on so-called meals and entertainment were ridiculous on their face, and the board members and the internal audit failed to follow up to resolve those red flags. Their excuses and rationalizations obviously ring hollow. But of course, we're dealing here with a high-risk situation with Chinese gift-giving culture. It goes without saying that Chinese is a hotbed for abuse of entertainment, gifts, meals, expenditures. Much of the Chinese economy, 75%, is government-owned. Through the last 20 years, FCPA enforcement actions on corrupt practices around this area of gifts, meals, and entertainment uh, have had a field day in China. And if your company operates in China and regularly interacts with government officials, strict controls, monitoring, and review uh, controls are essential to avoiding FCPA risks. And numerous companies have a mix of government and private interactions in China. The interaction with government officials often involve those who are critical to the business operations. There's a significant demand by government officials for generous entertainment and gifts. And there's a way to do this. A company operating in this environment has to draw a strict line early and stick to the limitations. Uh, once that's known and understood by the Chinese government officials, uh, they eventually will give you breathing room uh, because eventually they realize they're not going to get anywhere with uh, demands. Once you start to give in to those demands, then the demands increase exponentially. Uh, so in the long run, it's good, it's good to avoid this trap uh, and avoid starting to make uh, payments uh, of any type of lavish gifts or meals or entertainment. And global companies have to design and implement carefully constructed controls for their gifts, meals, and entertainment expenses. Even with the best controls, employees are going to figure out ways to circumvent. Herbal Life's controls included pre-approval requirements which were routinely ignored, and a strict limitation of six events each year for a government official, a specific separate government official. And many companies have that limitation as well, and even financial limitations. But like the auditor, like the executive said, the auditors aren't going to look at the documentation to verify it. 
This latter control can easily be flouted at the direction and approval of a senior executive, like here in Herbalife, uh, when the senior executive said, just put false names down. No one's going to check. In the absence here of audit and compliance oversight and the expenditure of millions of dollars in gifts, meals, and entertainment needed to expand Herbalife's China, China business, Herbalife had no meaningful insight from internal audit and compliance functions. It was committed. They weren't committed to any notion of compliance. The culture was non-compliance. And even when detected by internal audit, there was no effort to, made in, to investigate and restrict China from continuing its criminal conduct. Business was too important in China, and Herbalife had no intention of halting its ongoing activities. There was a fundamental lack of commitment to compliance. Its remediation, if you'll note, if you're looking through the documents, included the hiring of a dedicated chief compliance officer. They didn't have one before. It is surprising that a public company with global operations failed to maintain any compliance function. And going forward, even with a new dedicated chief compliance officer, Herbalife faces numerous high-risk activities and will require regular reviews and compliance audits, as well as monitoring of compliance data. Well, kind of a frustrating case. Uh, it just uh, a warning to everybody in terms of uh, how things can get out of control quickly in China, uh, particularly uh, surrounding the gifts, meals, and entertainment. Once you open the door and rely upon it, uh, it's just uh, it's it's going to be a high risk operation. And uh, look, there are a lot of global companies that do a lot of entertaining. Uh, and they will do that because, uh, you know, maybe nominal fees or a small amount of entertainment. Uh, but you've got to be really careful about crossing the line and uh, controlling those expenditures, auditing them, requiring documentation, and holding people accountable when uh, there are internal reviews and deficiencies found. I'm sure in Herbal Life's case, uh, if they had done so, it could have been a different story. Well, thanks again. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy, stay in touch. We'll be back with another episode next week. And uh, we appreciate all your support. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.
Never ever saw the stars so bright In the farmhouse days will be